1: I'm Bob Solter, joined by Florence Ann Romano. She's the Windy City Nanny. Yep, Windy City Nanny. That's all is one word, dot com. She's a dedicated philanthropist, former nanny, who's always had a special place in her heart for children. She worked for over 15 years as a nanny. Uh, first of all, it's nice to have you join us on our program. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I want to do some background. We're going to be talking about this um, whole issue or issues surrounding when newborns are left in the hands of a nanny, and we'll get into talking about a specific uh, instance in this case in just a moment or two. I use that term nanny, and I Mm -hmm. often wonder in our society, how many people are really familiar with what a nanny does and even the perception that people have of The work of a nanny?
0: That definition is definitely changing. And because of how many families today actually have a caretaker or a nanny in their home, that statistic is actually 60%, if you can believe it. 60% of families in America today have a nanny or a caretaker for their children. And that statistic rises in line with the employment rate. So what we're seeing is not something that is trendy. We're seeing something that is a behavior of society. And the reason for this is that more and more parents are both working outside of the home and they need someone taking care of their children. Now, beyond that, a nanny can be someone that lives in with you, which I think most people think when they think nanny, they think, oh, Upper East Side, New York, or live in nanny, that sort of thing. And it it really is a very different definition today because now we have nannies that are maybe just perhaps there during the day while the parents are at work. They still do have live in nannies, but really it's anyone that's taking care. Of their children. So it's a pretty broad definition now. Um, and there's a stigma attached to it, unfortunately, because we hear reports all the time about, you know, the hot nannies in Hollywood that are cheating with the spouses and all sorts of things. And so it's, it's unfortunate that that's the rap that nannies have gotten now. But the definition of what a nanny is definitely changes per household.
1: How did you get started as a nanny?
0: I have to say it goes way back to when I was a little girl, and I used to say to my mom, can we go to the hospital to get my baby? And by that, I meant, can we go to the toy store (laughs) so I can get my baby doll?" I I just loved children from a very early age, and at about around 11 years old, I started as a mother's helper uh, with a couple uh, different families in the neighborhood to learn really how to be a babysitter, then, you know, to become a nanny. And I really... I just fell in love with it right then and there.
1: And that experience as a nanny, in sharing that experience with others, what do you find most surprises people about what nannies really do versus what people think they do?
0: The most surprising element, I, I think, of being a nanny is really the fact that you are an extension of that family or an extension of those parents. I like to say, by definition, a nanny is an extension of the parent's eyes, ears, and heart. And that, to me, is amazing. It's, It's an amazing honor. And I don't think that people understand how attached these nannies get to these children and to these families and what they're actually doing in terms of interacting with these children. They are essentially a role model for these kids. They are they are with them during very impressionable years and they're helping them through obstacles and and and, and sadness and heartache and joy and they're seeing it all. So this is really a person that has an inside view to a life that is, that's being formed, a journey that's happening. So that's the deepest you know, way to, to describe it, but I don't think people necessarily understand the attachment there.
1: Sharing your experiences in a book, which you did in Nanny and Me, which was officially published by uh, Mascot Books in 2015, what was that like?
0: It was surreal. I, I I knew I wanted to write children's books uh, very long ago, before really I wanted to do anything else, and I I thought to myself. What am I going to write about? It's just going to have to come to me organically. And when I looked at the children's book market and I saw that there really wasn't anything out there that spoke to the child specifically in this situation about what happens when mom and dad go to work and who stays home with you, I felt that it was a huge disservice to the most important person in the equation, and that's the child, because there are so many Questions associated with this process, with the with the parents leading the child looks inward and thinks, is it because mom and dad don't love me, or you know why will other moms stay home? Why is it mine? other dads stay home, why is it mine? There are so many, so many questions. And you want to put the child's mind at ease knowing that they're going to be safe and loved. And beyond that, the parents also need peace of mind knowing that they're making the right decision for their child. So seeing this book now being homes and being used as a tool to help educate the children and the parents is really just a beautiful moment for me.
1: You mentioned a term a couple of moments ago when you used the term a hot nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this always comes up in discussions about this should it even be an issue as to whether or not a hot nanny should be hired.
0: It depends on the family dynamic. I never want to be one to judge a book by its cover or say that you just you can't have anyone attractive in your household it really begins with the interview process. And what I mean by this is you and your spouse or, you know, whomever it is who's making this decision with you, and if it's just yourself, that's fine too. But when you're sitting down with these prospective nannies and a nanny, it could be a woman or a man. Let's be honest. Today we have a lot of male nannies as well. If this person is very attractive and, you don't think that you are comfortable with that, then you and your spouse, you and your partner need to have a conversation about that right from the get-go. And even if it's uncomfortable and you say, honey, you know, I, I just don't think that, that I, I could handle this or I, I just don't think this is the right thing for our family. Instead of getting mad at your husband or your wife or your spouse for, for, for being honest about that, be thankful that they were honest about it and move on to the next person because there always will be someone else that's qualified. But if you're going to bring temptation into the house in some way, shape, or form, you're going to be taking away from what the nanny is supposed to be doing, and that is taking care of the children and what you're supposed to be doing, and that's making sure the nanny is taking care of the children.
1: That process of hiring a nanny, what is that like?
0: It's very challenging and it can be daunting. And I see a lot of parents wanting to rush through it because, let's face it, life is busy. And most of the time you're hiring a nanny, it's because you have to go back to work or something has happened where you realize that you need help and you want to make that as seamless as possible, as efficient as possible. And I agree, let's make it let's make it as easy as we can. But that doesn't mean that it's not hard work when actually vetting these nannies. So I suggest, you know, you could use a ser- you could use a nanny service. You could there's plenty of things online now you can go and you can use things like care.com or our pair, you know, services. Those are fine. But that doesn't let you off the hook of actually doing the work and making sure that this is the right person for your home. So you need to take matters to your own hands and have those interviews. I suggest a tiered process. The first one, you meet, have coffee, get to know them, really do a deep dive into the, the people that they, you know, the person that they are. Um, this is not a corporate interview. Really, there are no questions that you cannot ask. Uh, you can talk about religion, you can talk about their backgrounds, and I suggest that you do because this person is going to be influencing your child, um, and you need to talk about what your values are as a family. You know, what is your religion? Will, the, will that nanny have to take um, your kids to church, you know. These are all things that you need to discuss way beforehand because this is my famous phrase, if we don't agree, it's not for me. And that's both for the nanny and the parent. You have to be on the same page because if you're not, you're really setting yourself up for disaster.
1: The idea of a nanny dress code, is that something you think parents should require?
0: Whatever parents need to do to make themselves comfortable, they should be able to do. If that's wearing a uniform, so be it. If that's saying that there's only a certain type of street clothes that they want, so be it. It is what is important and professional to the family. And if you don't agree as the nanny, again, that's not the family for you.
1: What about those situations where you have difficult children and behavior issues?
0: Because you're an extension of, uh, of the family, of the parents. You need to understand as a nanny that you'll probably have to discipline in some way. This is not this is not 100% across the board, but again, this is something going back to the interview process, you need to make sure you're talking about. You, the parent, need to make sure it's clear that you are going to be disciplining the children, but you have to define what discipline means. That's very, very different from family to family. Discipline could mean thinking, Discipline could mean absolutely no physical contact at all, but we're just talking about grounding or, you know taking things away, you have to be very clear with your nanny about where their job ends and begins in terms of discipline.
1: We're talking on our program with Florence Ann Romano. She's the Windy City Nanny, Nanny, that's all as one word, dot com. When we're talking about this um, idea of role of discipline and um, how disciplinary differences may be managed, is that a tricky thing for parents to establish?
0: It's hard because parents, when it comes to discipline anyway, have a little bit... Of a difficult time figuring out where they want to stand with that, because I think as parents go, they're they're trying to figure out what works for the child. It's always a customized situation, truthfully. Not every disciplinary action is going to work with every child, so you have to get to know the child in order to know what's going to work and not work with them. So that I think is is an is an interesting caveat to the to the whole situation. You as the nanny, are going to have to spend time getting to know that child and then perhaps have to be reporting back to the parents about what you're finding is working and not working. Because, again, you, the nanny, are having a window into the world of this child and spending so much time with them that you may be noticing behavior that the parents aren't. So this is another sticky situation. You're really walking a fine line. But the best thing for all parties is that Nannies and parents have a transparency and have an open communication where they look at themselves as a unified front and are able to have that conversation in a constructive way.
1: What about creating an environment that promotes learning? Because that's an important part of the child's development, too.
0: Learning was always the most important part of uh, of the day for, for me with children. I always wanted to make sure that we were... Learning something, we were we were always working on our colors and our ABCs and our one two threes and and all of that. And again, that's something you want to discuss with the parents from the beginning about defining what education and learning means to them, because education could be just strictly workbooks, we could be just doing math equations all day long, and gosh, I hope not for, for, for that was me, I was hoping not for my sake that it was going to be math equations all day long, <laughs> um, but for um, other parents, it could be going to museums. Getting that culture, that could be the definition of education to them, really exposing them to different things. So again, these are all things you need to cover from the get go in those interviews because everybody has a different idea about what that means. And you, the parent, need to communicate to the nanny the values of your family, the values of discipline, the values of education that all it's different in every single family.
1: Now we get to this situation that occurred with uh, John Legend and his wife uh, Chrissy. Mhm. They Chrissy Yes. <laughs> they they have a night out, okay? Mm-hmm. They have a newborn. Mhm. The newborn is left with a nanny and mm-hmm. basically she gets blasted.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Fair?
1: Yep. Or not fair?
0: Totally unfair. Totally unfair. And I'll tell you, when I first saw that story come out, I saw it on the news and I went, oh, here we go. And this is exactly what the problem is with the stigma with a nanny, is people think that that parents use nannies as a replacement for themselves so they don't have to parent, so they get off the hook, so they don't have to be a part of their children's lives. I mean, that to me just sounds like such a bunch of bunk because... The reason the nanny is there is to help the family as a whole. Anyone that saw Mary Poppins, the movie, and I'm sure most of people have, will know that Mary Poppins is there to help unify that family, heal that family, bring that family together. If you have the right nanny in your home, that's what that nanny is going to do. In the case of Chrissy Teigen and, and John Legend. Every parent is entitled to a little time off. No one spends a hundred percent of the time with their child. It's no different than a family who's not in the limelight going out for like an hour or two just for dinner to get out of the house to give them a little break. Everyone is entitled to that. But because they are out there, you know, in the magazines, they're always looking for a reason to to get upset or get up in arms about it or start a conversation that's controversial. But I felt so badly for her because mothers at that point are already sensitive. There's a lot of hormones going around. And the worst thing a new mother can ever hear from someone is they think that they're doing the wrong thing for their child. Imagine you know, being a celebrity and then hearing from, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people saying, gosh, you're such a bad mother and getting a finger pointed at you like that. That's embarrassing. And it makes you feel bad, as strong as she might be about it. I felt very badly for her just as a mother, regardless of her celebrity status. That was very wrong. And I think very, uh, just unfortunate for her as a new mom who's trying to do the right thing for her child, who loves her child so much, and she's getting blasted for it, making it sound like she's a bad mother and doesn't care.
1: What about that whole idea of just the importance of some free time for a new mom?
0: A new mom, the things that go on in that poor new mom's head... It's all about this new child, this new life you're in charge of, and that is a a daunting, exhausting, beautiful task that that you now have in front of you, but the only way... For someone to do their job well is to make sure they have a little break here and there. Any of us, you know, anyone with jobs, it's important that on the weekends you get a little downtime, you get a little vacation time. Why? Because recharging is important for you and for you to do your job well and to be, you know, a, um, a, a member of society that is, you know, proactive and and and. Uh, professional and engaging, all these things. The only way to do it is if you have a little break, and that goes for parents, too. Every parent deserves a break.
1: And when we talk about the idea of the benefits of having a nanny, and this will kind of bring us full circle in our discussion, we're talking with Florence Ann Romano on our program. She's the Windy City Nanny, Nanny, all is one word, dot com. What would you point to as the benefits of having a nanny?
0: Well, depending on the situation, if you're a working, if you're both working, both parents are working, or sometimes there are nannies in the home and this is also controversial, where the mother is not working or the father is not working and there is still a nanny in the house. It's not up to anyone to judge what you need to do to make your family whole, to make your family work. But having a nanny is going to complete your family in the way that your family needs it completed. If there's a void that needs filling and the nanny is doing that, then that's a beautiful blessing for your family. It can help educate the child. It can this nanny can help um, bring bring a little bit more efficiency to the family. This nanny can help bring another um, a role model into the fold. There are many different benefits to having a nanny, but the most important thing to remember is that a nanny is there to help the family function. And... You, the parent, need to decide what that person looks like, who that person is, how do they fit in the family. You make the rules as the parent, and it should be a beautiful and wonderful experience, and this person should be a part of your family and an extension of you, and if you can do that, then you're going to be set up for a lifetime of memories, and it will be the best thing you ever did for not only your children, but you as well.
1: Florence Ann Romano, the Windy City Nanny, our guest this portion of our program. She is also the author of Nanny and Me, published by Mascot Books in uh, 2015. Thank you very much for joining us. Certainly good luck continued with your work.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?